0: As I was just praying this morning, and just in the shower, and and I felt like he shared this word with me, and he just told me this, and it's something that I know, probably you know, but uh, when he spoke it to me, I kind of responded like, "Huh," and then I, I just waited for a few minutes and kind of allowed the what he said to sink in a little bit. But he just told me, for some odd reason, as I was standing there in the shower, he said, uh, "You know, I'm your friend, right?" And I said, uh, uh, "Yeah." I mean uh, that's that's not much to go on, sir. <laughs> I mean I got about 40 minutes, half hour, 40 minutes to fill. Um, that's gonna you're gonna have to go a little farther than uh, you know. I'm your friend, right? And, uh, but I really felt like that was uh, that was the word, not just for me, but but for each one of us really who are here today, and maybe those listening, you know, online or wherever else that might be. Uh, you know, God would tell you tonight. You know, I'm your friend, right? And as the day progressed and as I continued to pray about the message and what God would have me share it, uh, about six years ago, I shared for three services on friendship and talked a little bit about family and for the friends that you have in family and, and what it means to be friends with people, you know, that we have on this earth. And I think next week we'll share just a little bit about it, what it means to be a friend because, you know, in our lives, God has called us into this earth, like we talked about on Sunday, to go after the field, the people who were in this world. And, and part of the way that we do that is to befriend people. And we have to really, really, I think... Check out the relationships and check out the people that we're hanging with, because it says in the Word of God, you're going to go the way that your friends go, and that if you're not hanging with the right folk, if you're not hanging with the people who are going in the direction you want to be going, eventually they'll begin to pull you in the in the opposite direction. And uh, God brought back to my remembrance today just a few things and and just just some situations that that, that I, Elizabeth and I maybe have been dealing with with folks and with people. You know, being the pastors, we have people who come and share with us and talk to us. But, you know, we're no different than you, man. We run into people all the time. And some of them we know, and some of them we don't know. But when we begin to talk to people, what we're finding in our life is that people we're finding are more and more lonely as time progresses. You would think as the world is becoming more and more populated, there's more and more people everywhere. Even in the Sudan, Stanley said, yeah, we're, we're, the city is growing rapidly because people are coming back into the city because that, that's where the life is. You know, the city is in the life, and the people were away for so long because of civil war that they're all coming back. That even—even even It's growing even in the Sudan where there's nothing. But, you know, we're surrounded by people every day. How many times are you like you feel crowded and cramped by people, yet as we meet more and more people and talk to them, we're finding that people are more and more lonely? You know, the enemy is working very hard to isolate folks, to keep people alone. You may be here tonight and you may feel lonely. You may do may do decent in crowds, but you don't want to go home because when you go home you're alone. You know, we're finding when people call or when people want us to pray for them, they're 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 fearful and they're lonely. They're by themselves, and that they feel like they're all alone, and they don't have a friend. They don't have anybody with them. Their family's been deserted, or they've been somewhere else, or God moved them over here. Because of situations and circumstances, they've been separated from everybody that they knew, and they've come into a place, and they feel lonely. And in this church, really, what we believe and what we find is that people feel loved while they're here. People come back because they're loved. You know, people say, I just, I just, I don't know, man, people were hugging me and shaking my hand and everybody was friendly there and it was, that's good news. You can pat yourself on the back, that's good news. But what we find is when people leave, they say, I have a hard time going home because when I go home, then I have to be by myself. I'm alone. And the word that God shared with me this morning in the shower is a word that I think each one of us need to take with us because we all have those moments and those times where we feel like or we're presented with the opportunity to be lonely And I have to remember, just like you have to remember, that I do have a friend. I do have a friend in Jesus. For some folks, they say, that's really nice, but I want one that like stands next to me like you. And I say, but no, 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 no. What we have to understand and realize as we mature in Christ is that he's even more real than you. And that friendship is even closer than it is with the person that you know the most. And that when we get to that point in our life, then we don't have a problem being alone. We don't have a problem being a friend. We don't have a problem many times with having friends. Why? Because we're founded and based on the greatest friendship that we can have, and that's in Jesus. And if we can get ourselves based and grounded in that, and that's what we begin to do and talk and share and minister with people and begin to pray for them, young people, older people. Older than that people, you know, I mean, like all the way across. I always used to say old people, but now I'm almost an old people. So I have to say like an older than that people, you know, whatever that is. Sixty seemed like a really old person when I was about 20. It's not a very old person anymore. It's really young, spry, agile, ready to go. But, but what, what we're seeing is, is, is people are just, they're really, truly, your heart just goes out to them, but, but they're, they're just being devastated by loneliness. And they just want somebody to love them. They just want somebody to care about them. They just want somebody to talk to. They just want somebody who who, who wants to know about what's going on in their life. They just want somebody to share with. They just want somebody to be with. And how many of us know in our lives we had to find Jesus somewhere in that? Because he became that to us. And before somebody else, a person can be that to you, we have to find that it's Jesus first that becomes that to us. And then if we can't get to that point where Jesus is everything in that moment, then we'll have a very difficult time in the relationships that we form, whether they're marriage relationships, family relationships, or friend relationships with just peers, we'll have a very difficult time in those relationships if Jesus isn't the most important relationship and the most important friendship that we have. And when he said that to me this morning, just in the shower, I just, I just heard that, that, you know, I, you know I'm your friend, right? It really just began to, to drop, and then all of a sudden I started seeing faces of these folks. These guys and gals and young ones and old ones, and just, I began to see their faces, and I thought, that person, that person, that, that person, that part, I hope nobody, none of them are here. You guys are all good. So it's none of you. It's all those other folks, but it's none of you. You guys are all happy and good to go. But it was those other people, but they were just, they just, I just, I, I felt that, I, I just, it's almost like the life is being drained out of them. And it's the enemy. And he isolates See, he tries to get people alone, and the world today is making it easier and easier and easier to be isolated. Today, I just ordered noise-canceling headphones. They're all right. They're free. (laughs) Sorry. I didn't spend any money. I used points. I used points. I'll get you a pair, too. (laughs) Dang it. Last week, you weren't here. I could have said that. It would have been all right. This week, you're here. (laughs) But I can put those on. I don't have to hear anybody else. I could be isolated in my own little world. You know why? Because I was on that plane for all those hours, and I thought, you know what? I could hear everything that was going on. I shared about that last week. I listened to that girl next to me. She, she witnessed and shared with the guy all the way, all the way from Amsterdam to Entebbe. But I, I was just thinking about, you know, because I, I could be by myself. Then I could really, see, we thought I could really think if I'm just by myself. Now we have computers, and now we have, I have, I have like 263 Facebook friends. I don't need any of you. <laughs> no, now all of you are like my friends. Many of you are my friends. Off, and that's not very many Facebook friends. I feel bad sometimes. I'm like not popular in Facebook land, apparently, because I only have like 263. I even, I looked that up at 263 friends. So that's all I have. But, but, you know, there are a lot of people who have a lot of Facebook friends, but they don't have any real friends. There are a lot of people who have tons of Facebook friends, but are still lonely. Why? Because Jesus isn't their friend. They, they haven't opened themselves up to him. And the truth of the fact that really he came into this earth to die for them, to be our savior, of course, but really truly to be our friend. I think we can go back and we can look in the word and you can see different places in different parts. And if we separate ourselves maybe from what we think sometimes about scripture, but we just think about the people involved, you know, and, and, and we go back and we look at Abraham and we think, you know, Abraham was a great guy and God told him, I'm going to make you the father of many nations, you know, and he listened to God, and it said it was all accounted to him, that he's the father of faith, and that it was all accounted to him because he believed God. He said, man, I, I am on your side. I'll do what you ask me to do. And if you look back, it even says in Isaiah that it says that, that, that God said, Abraham, my friend. Is what he, you know, I, Isaiah was, was talking about that and quoting the fact that God spoke that about Abraham and said, I'm talking about Abraham, my friend, that God called him a friend. We used to sing a song uh, all the time that was uh, an Israel Houghton song. And said, I am a friend of God. And I know some people, man, they would like, you can tell the ones who believe it because they're jazzed about that idea and that fact. And then other people are like, I shouldn't even be saying this because that's God and why would he want to be my friend? But here's the deal and here's the progression. If it started with Abraham, faith did Blessings started with Abraham, and then we want to receive the blessings, and we want to receive, we want to be the the children of faith from Abraham. We want to receive all that that was given to Abraham. It says that we're his seed in this earth. And so as we come to Jesus Christ, we become now Abraham's seed. And in this earth then, we say, hey, 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 if I'm his seed, then I'm an heir to all that stuff, so I, I get all the blessing too. Well, what comes with that beside the blessing, see, is the fact that Abraham was God's friend. And so that, that friendship is passed along, not just, not just stopping at Abraham and all the other ones that were in the word, but it's, it comes down and it follows the line to us too, just like the blessing. And if you go back and you look and you think about it, I would say disciples, disciples and Jesus, they were friends. Now, we don't always look at that relationship because it was a bit of a teaching relationship and that Jesus was bringing the disciples along, but who were his closest See, who were the people who were closest to him? Who were his closest, his closest associates? The disciples were. And really, truly, he even said, you know, in John, I, 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 don't, I don't call you servants anymore. I call you friends. So it's okay to think that way. Now, you have to realize the relationship and understand the honor and understand the respect and understand the authority and all those things that come with that. But what I want us to see and what I want you to go away with maybe tonight is this idea that says, you are not alone in this world. I feel alone. There's nobody around me. You're not alone. You're not alone because Jesus died on the cross. Now, you're alone if you don't know Jesus, but if you know Jesus, you're not alone. There's no reason that we have to walk out the door and then walk out and be alone. It's raining. It's cold. You may get in your car by yourself and drive home, but you're not by yourself in that car. You have a friend with you. How many times have you been around somebody who's been lonely? Maybe they've been at whatever it might be, whatever the situation, but you notice that they're lonely. Maybe there's somebody that you know and you go over and you just give them a hug and you say it's okay. They're not They're not all right because you said it was okay. They don't relax in your arms and they don't let down their guard because you said it was okay. They do so because they feel loved and they feel be- befriended. That you're there for them, that you'll take care of them, that they feel safe for that moment in that instant. You've been in those places, and you've been in those situations. Maybe you've been on the other side of that, and you've needed that hug. Or you've needed that person to say it's okay. When you're in trouble, who do you call? Your friends, man. I call on Jesus, right? We call on Jesus. But when you're in trouble, and your, your tire's flat, what do you do? You pick up the phone, you call your f- friend. Why? Because your friend will help you. Right? Right? When I get in trouble and things break, I call Andy and Mark and Shane and Greg and I call all those people because they're better and smarter than me. They're my friends. They can help me out. (laughs) I need help a lot. But when you're in those moments and you're in those times where you feel alone, who do you call on? Jesus. Why? Because he's your friend. And whatever you need, whatever you seek, wherever you find yourself, he'll be able to meet that need He'll be able to take care of you. His love and his, his, his spirit will just envelop you in that place. Have you ever been by yourself and you've been so afraid and maybe you've been so lonely yet you've cried out to him and all of a sudden it was okay? Just like that hug from the friend, it wasn't okay because you cried out. It was okay because he was there with you and you knew that. You knew you were okay. You knew nothing could happen to you. See, think about it. How many Facebook friends do you have? <laughs> You know, think about how, because don't get caught up in, the, in that world. It's not real. It's not real. Your relationship with Jesus is real. The relationship that you have with people is real. Now, I'm not saying God can't use Facebook to touch people, because I mean, I know he can. You, can. you can save lives and bring people to Jesus and do all that kind of stuff, using all, all that, those things. But be careful because what happens is the devil will isolate you and he'll get you in a place and then you'll begin to feel alone. You'll begin to feel all of a sudden disconnected. It says in 1 Peter 5.8 that he is out there as a roaring lion. It says, seeking whom he may devour. I don't think that's necessarily separate from the idea that says he wants to isolate you because a real lion, as it hunts, I just came back from Africa. There are no lions in the Sudan. But as I came, the real lion hunts. He isolates the weak one. He isolates the prey. He doesn't go after the whole herd. He goes after the one. Why? Because he can devour the one, but the whole herd will take him out. And so the enemy tries to isolate, and he tries to keep you in this place of feeling lonely. But we don't have to receive that thought. We don't have to receive that word. That we really, truly... Not because we're in a group full of people here, a room full of people. We're really truly not alone and with somebody because he's with us. All the time. That everywhere I go, he goes. That I always have somebody to talk to, which is good because I, I like to talk. Now you might not think, but I don't particularly enjoy being by myself and being lonely. I don't get a lot of work done in the office because I'm by myself in there. And so I'm always in somebody else's office <laughs> just checking things out what's going on? I told Pastor Pam just today, I'm going to have to stop doing that because eventually I'm going to have to get something done. But my whole world has existed with people from the time I graduated from college, even before that, because I was a a bartender. So I've been talking to people for a long time. I've never had a thing where I was like by myself and had to like be by myself for a long time. Now I enjoy my me time, but I, you know, this idea of having to sit somewhere by myself and do something, I got about five minutes of that and then I need a break. I need, I need somebody to talk to. (laughs) Driving across town's a long drive for me. I talk to God a lot because there's nobody else in the car. I mean that's you know, I I, I, I just I, I, I enjoy talking to people. So you know what I've learned to do? And some of it was because I was Pastor Bill's kid and I and I grew up in that and, and, and the way that he always co- communicated with God and shared and talked and prayed and did all now I just I just pray, and I just talk to God all the time. And you know what happens when you have communication with somebody when you first meet them and you get to know them and you start talking to them and they start telling you things and you start telling them things and then you begin to share your likes and dislikes, you begin to share what's going on in your life, you begin to share your history, they tell you all that kind of stuff and all of a sudden because of communication, because you're sharing with them, because you're talking to this person, you become friends and then not just friends but you become close friends and then as you spend more time with that person and your relationship just becomes closer and closer and closer, you become best friends. you know everything about them and how many of you got a best friend somebody that you know you wouldn't want going out and having to be able to share all your dirty laundry or whatever that might be of all the things that you did and you know they're just they're just there man you you know everything about them and they know everything about you how did that happen because you spent time with them and you communicated with them and you shared and you talked and you listened to what they said how many of you have one of them friends man all they do is talk not you but how many of you have those friends because i listen to you all the time you interrupt me too much is the problem but, but, you know, how many of you had those friends and all they do is talk and they don't ever listen to what you have to say? Now, how many times when things are going on, do you want to go there? You're just like, man, this is going to talk my ear off again. <laughs> It's important to listen in those, in those relationships. Now take that, whole same, that same thought because we're, we've done that. We've had that relationship with people. We've had those kind of communication uh, situations where we have listened, haven't listened, have talked, haven't talked. I mean, we've been through all that. But think about those relationships where you're really close and you're really tight and what made it that way. What well, was the opportunity to communicate in the fact that you know everything about them and they know everything about you, that you have opened up yourself to them and they have poured themselves into you. Now I'll tell you, that relationship with Jesus needs to be that way. And if it's that way, then you don't have to worry about being lonely Then when i'm driving across town, I don't worry about being lonely. Why because I got somebody with me jesus Whether it's the radio talking to me or anything else. I can still talk to him Then when I find myself alone on a plate, I can talk to him when I find myself alone at the store I can talk to him Now i'm not walking around talking like what's going on man, you know, i'm probably locked up somewhere but (laughs) You know, I mean, it's that idea that that I'm, 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 that I'm. He is constantly, see, I'm constantly meditating the word. I'm constantly sharing with him, asking. Que- I ask questions all the time. Why? Because he's my friend, and he'll tell me. If I need to know something, I'll ask him. Corey'll tell me. He won't lie to me. Better not. And God God is the same way, but we have to have that kind of familiarity with him that says, I can come to you and talk to you and share with you about anything, anytime. Abraham was God's friend. And then Abraham was the seed. And he planted that seed, and we we became the fruit of that seed. We are the seed of Abraham in this earth. And with that came the faith. With that came all those blessings. But with that came the friendship. And so you have to believe that you are a friend of God. That when we sing that song, you don't go, whoa, man, that's out there. That's not out there. That's the truth. Just as the person sitting next to you may be your friend, or just if I said, who's your best friend, you'd know who that was. And if you're here and you say, I don't know, man, because I don't have any friends, I tell you, you got one in Jesus. And don't forget that. He's got to be your first friend. He's got to be your best friend. I love my wife. She's my best friend. But I always say she's my best friend in this earth. And that's the way she would want it. And I know that Jesus is her best friend. I mean, I'm telling you what, he's my best friend. I love her, she's super. she's fantastic. Yesterday was Valentine's Day, and you know all that gushy stuff. Whatever that means. Every day's Valentine's Day, I know.. Oh, yeah. And I say she's my best friend, but I'm telling you, is Jesus your best friend? Keep you what you think, you know? I mean, is Jesus your best friend? You know, when you're by yourself, when you're alone, is he the one that you can count on? Does he bring a smile to your face? Is he the one that lightens up your day? Because there's got to be something or else else the enemy begins to isolate you. He'll begin to carve you out. Be in a room like this full of people having a good time. And all of a sudden, he'll begin to talk to you and begin to speak to you. And nobody likes you. And because of what you did, nobody's going to accept you because of what happened in your life, you'll never become that. And then he begins to just kind of slowly but surely just kind of separate you from the group. And then eventually when you're, you find that person on the side of the road, or eventually when you see this person who used to be part of what was going on but didn't anymore, you begin to talk to him. you begin to find out what's up. They begin to tell you about how lonely they are. And you begin to think, well, you're not, you're not lonely at all. Why, why do you feel that way? Because the enemy lied. And how easy it is that when he seeks to destroy... How easy it is if we'll believe that lie and begin to meditate on that. And you know, there are a lot of young people whose lives are being wrecked because the enemy's telling them they're lonely, they're useless, because of past mistakes, they'll never become anything, nobody will ever want them in their life, nobody would ever want to be their friend, and you think, well, who would say that? Well, the enemy would. And you say, oh, I don't know what you're doing. I hear about it all the time, I used to teach, I used to teach. I taught for 13 years, I heard, I heard it from teenagers all the time. And if he couldn't get them in t- as teenagers, he got them as college students. So he couldn't get him as college students, he get them as singles. And, so, and then he gets them in, in church, out of church. He gets them in the, in the mall, in the club, wherever it is. He, he, you know, he constantly does that thing. Why? Because if he can isolate you, then he can mean to shut you down. Because if he can isolate you, he can take you away from the power of God. And he can take you out of the plan that God has for you in your life. Jesus came into this earth to change all these things around. It wasn't possible for us to be friends. It wasn't possible for us to be in this relationship. It wasn't possible for us to be with him in that way until Jesus came and he died on the cross. But it's John chapter 15 where he was telling the disciples, you know, it all centers, really, truly, it all centers around love. In John 15, it talks about if you love me and you abide in me, I abide in you. And then it goes on and talks about, you know, if, if, you'll, if you'll do my works in John, I think, fifteen fourteen maybe. It says, you know, if you'll you'll do the word, if you'll live the word, if you'll do the works that I've asked you to do, it says, you're my friends if you do whatever I command you. And then he says in verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. He says in verse 15, no longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. And then he says, for all the things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. And verse 16, I read it just a second ago, but it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed that you should go forth and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask of the father in my name, he may give you. He's just pouring out his love. He's telling him, hey, you know what? You're my friend. You're my friend. When the enemy comes against you, it's real simple to say, nah, no, no, I got a friend. When I was young, I got in a little scuffle under the bleachers over at Tecumseh. I don't know why. I was nothing but kind to people. (laughs) So things went down. I was sticking up for some poor kid, I'm sure. But all of a sudden, I realized whoever I was sticking up for, whatever was going down, this guy was bigger than me and I was in trouble. And so I said immediately, go get my cousin. Many of you know Rod, you know, he's a big guy, he's, he's, you know, and he was a big kid then, even as an eighth grader, he was a big guy, and he came and he saved me, and then he said, if you ever do that again, I'll kill you, and I said, okay, (laughs) whatever, but he came and saved me, that's all I cared about, see, in that moment of crisis, I called my friend, Rodney was my cousin, but he was my friend, he always has been my friend, we've been buddies forever, when you get in crisis, who do you call? You call your friends, like I said earlier, if your tires flat, you call your friends, if your air conditioner is broke, you call Andy, because he knows how to do that, it's a plumbing problem, maybe you should call Mark. You know, I mean, I got, I got friends who do certain things and special things. <laughs> I don't know what I call you for. <laughs> for everything else in my life that these guys can't do, I got you. No. <laughs> but who's the friend, really, that sticks closer than a brother? Jesus is. You know, it says that in Proverbs. He's the friend that sticks closer than a brother see so when you're in you're in these moments and you're in these times and you're in these places you call on jesus and you know even even as as you know late as last night talking to somebody and just sharing hey let me tell you what you got to be okay you got to be okay it's got to be you and jesus before it's you and anybody else and if you can't be okay here with you and jesus if you can't grow the relationship between you and jesus if you can't be a friend with him and him be your friend if you can't get to that point where that's so solid that the enemy can't break that up then anything that happens outside of that with friends or boyfriends or girlfriends or husbands or wives or all those things none of it none of it will ever make sense and none of it will ever really truly matter if you can't make that first relationship matter and be right and when you have young people who are in the midst of those situations, it's very difficult to begin, you can't convince them, they, 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 they have to understand and know the truth. Because what they've learned their whole life is that it has to do with this relationship that's vertical with the person standing next to them. And if you don't like me, and if nobody will take care of me, and nobody will care for me, then I must be alone and I must be worthless. And there are too many people in the world today that feel that way. Some may be here tonight, some may not be. But I'm just telling you, I mean, that the enemy is quick, and he knows how to do that, and he knows how to keep people deceived. And the relationship that you have with Jesus is a vertical relationship, not a horizontal one, sorry. That was math. I should have known this was horizontal and that's vertical. But what happens is the world has told us so much and told us, told us our whole lives that if these relationships don't work, then I'm useless. That if the relationships that I have with people aren't going well, then there must be something wrong with me. That if nobody will accept me and love me, who's in this earth, who's this direction horizontally with, then there's a problem with me. And that I'm, I'm, I'm damaged goods and I'm no good and that things can't happen. But here's the deal, I'm telling you, there's a stronger relationship and there's a stronger truth, and there's a stronger friendship that exists, and that's a vertical friendship, and that's a vertical relationship, and that happens with Jesus. And we have to get to that point where really truly we're okay with that. Because I get people who say, yeah, 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 I get that. Okay, I understand that, but, 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 but can I talk to you? Can you sit here with me? Can you be with me? Can you stay? Can you stick around? Well, hold on. We've got to go back to the beginning. Mentoring, as we talk about Straight Talk for Men and Sandy's Class for Women, and as we talk about these things, we talk about, in in many times, this new life in this particular church, we talk about being born again in righteousness, and and what what really, what is is the the basis of these things? It's about being connected and being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because if we can get to that point in our life, then these relationships will all work. And if they work, great. If they don't work, it's still going to be okay because I have the relationship and that's a process that's a process that takes a little bit of time that takes a few moments that takes that takes progression in our life just like with you and your best friend and maybe not didn't happen overnight oh you what do you say when you talk about your best buddy oh we've been friends for 30 years so you didn't just get that way overnight you got that now you became friends you were quick friends but you became those 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 absolute best friends, tightest friends, because you spent all that time together over all those years. And in your life, do you know that Jesus really truly is your friend? That like what he said to me in the shower, you know, I'm your friend. Do you know that? Do you hear that? Because he wants to walk with us, he wants to talk with us, and he wants to share with us. I learn so much from my friends all the time. I guess I give some along the way, but really, truly, I receive. Why? Because as a friend, I'm listening. I'm allowing people to have influence and and, and to speak into my life, just like we do with Jesus. Spend time with him. Allow him to be your best friend. I'll never forget, and we've talked about it a lot over the last bunch of months, that when we were in Oklahoma and we lived there the first time, my mom moved out there and she was a single mom, and I was like 12 I was fifth grade and my brother and sister were like third and second grade maybe as we went out there and and as we moved out there we really didn't know anybody there was one family that we knew but we didn't you know we didn't get to see them much or you know we, we were we were really truly by ourselves lone wolves my brother and I out there running the running the neighborhoods and the apartment complexes doing all kinds of stuff but we were, we, did, we, were, we, were, we were alone in that place, and I remember there were, there were times and moments, you know, where I would be afraid, and, and there was stuff going on, and the Indian rapist, and all these things that were happening, and, you know, my brother and I used to pretend we had dogs, and we were police, and we'd kick the front door in, and he'd bark, and I'd say, go get him, scout, you know, and we were scaring the bad guy out of the house. <laughs> That's what we used to do when we'd come home. <laughs> she would just be shaking her head, walking in the house, turning the lights on. Shut up, you boys. Who are the boys? Where are we gonna get them? Get them, Scout. You know he's trying to be the cop dog. It's you know, place is safe, Mom. Matt and I have cleared it out. <laughs> See, you all thought things that lot. Your life isn't that crazy. It ain't much different than what she had to deal with all those years. I'm telling you, that's why when you sit down and you tell her stuff and she's like, "That's all you got." <laughs> You need to see these kids I raised. But I remember in those moments, you know, I didn't have to be afraid if my mom was around. Now, I was learning to understand and appreciate the presence of God and relationship with him and faith and all those things. But, but she was getting it. In her life. And it, when she would sing and when she would pray. and When she would just just, just cry on the piano and do those kind of things. It was like oh, this, this, this presence just filled our house. And really it was Jesus. And what she found in that time and what she found in that place in her life in that moment. When she found a, uh, she found a friend. She found, she found the love of Jesus. And it changed her life. And it completely, really truly, it completely changed her from the inside out. And she was not the same lady when we left there you think well how could that happen you know she was a single mom had three kids and lived in a place that was 750 miles from anybody that really even knew her or even had any kind of care if she lived or died or whatever she went to work she did all the things that she was called to do and god asked her to do and she sacrificed and did all that stuff but really what she found in that place was she found a best friend She found somebody who loved her and cared about her and had a great plan for her life and a great purpose for her life that fixed all the problems and fixed all the mistakes and took out all the junk and poured in all the good. And in that year, really absolutely radically changed her life to this point and to this day where she knows she can count on me or she can count on you or she can count on Pastor Bill as she's preached and taught before all these years. But really, truly, she knows that in the end, when it all gets down to it, she can count and trust on Jesus above and beyond any relationship that she has in this earth. And that was built over a period of time as she poured her life into him and he poured his life into her. And a friendship was born there tight to the point where she doesn't have to feel alone and she doesn't have to feel afraid because she knows that Jesus is with her. That when she has to do something or she's not sure about something, she can ask me or she can ask Corey or Elizabeth or Bill, but she knows she can ask him and he'll speak to her and show her. Plus, we'd all probably trick her and lie to her, <laughs> but God wouldn't do that. <laughs> right, she'll think about asking Bill and then she'll go, Never mind. <laughs> Those of you who have been around a while, you get that.
1: But I'll tell you this, when he left,
0: and we shared this scripture in in Matthew in chapter 28. We did last Wednesday night, we did last Sunday, and and we'll end really with this. You know, as Jesus was sharing with the disciples, he left them with the great commandment. You know, the great commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But when you find yourself in those places and you're not real sure, maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you don't, you don't know Jesus, or maybe you did and you've, you've just, you know, your life has crumbled and things have happened and things have come up and, you know, right choice, wrong choice, it's not time to talk about the choice, you know, once it's all done and said, it's, you know, was it the right one or the wrong one, I don't think it's time to have that discussion, it's, it's, it's do you feel like your heart is right with Jesus, that your relationship is, is right with him, that. You know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel that way before, but you know, I just life has kind of happened and now I've ended up in a bad spot, in a bad place. I feel alone, I'm lost, I, I'm discouraged, I don't know what to do, I don't know where to turn. Jesus is the answer. It says in Matthew 28, as you read through there and get past the part that talks about going and making disciples to all nations and baptizing them and all of that. It says really in the end of verse 20, it says, and I am with you, always i am with you always even to the end of this age and they said well how can that be possible i'm sure they went off and said how could that work i mean you know you're you're going you're going to sit with the father how can this happen and how can this be possible I mean, how can you be with us? Well, that's the whole idea of the Holy Spirit that he talked to him about right before that. I'm going to send you the helper, and he's going to be with you. And the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the three are one. And that the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of each one of us as we come to Christ. And now he is alive on the inside of us. That he's with us. That he shares with us and speaks with us and talks with us. That we can share with him and speak with him and talk to him. That he hasn't left us by ourselves. It says we're not not alone. It says he is with us always. Even to the end of this age. And you know when I talk about friends. And I talk about really Jesus being the perfect friend. You know, when you have this conversation with this person who's lonely or this person who's going through stuff and doesn't feel worthwhile and doesn't feel like there's anything for them and that life's a mess. And, you know, you begin to talk to them about being a friend. And, oh, they start getting excited. Oh, if that could just be true. Oh, if I could have a friend like that. Oh, and they, you know, it's like, you know, you're not telling them about yourself, but you're just, you're, I mean, you're really telling them about Jesus, but they're, they've got a person in mind. And they've got a physical being that they're thinking about. And they're thinking, oh, if this could be, and I'm telling you, could this be true? That somebody could love me like that. That somebody could care about me like that. Could, could forget about all this stuff. That I would never have to feel alone again. That, that I would never have to go home and feel alone. That I would never have to be standing in the middle of the mall and feel completely isolated and completely alone. That I would never have to go to school again and be in my classroom and think, you know what, I'm completely invisible. Nobody even knows that I exist. Oh, if that could only be true. And then you say, it can be, it's Jesus. See, he is the friend, he is the one. And it's almost a letdown. To that person, sometimes it can almost be a letdown because they're thinking like, it's gotta be Mike. I mean, I gotta have like, you know, I mean, I gotta have somebody right there. But here's the difference. He can only be around when he's around. See, and here's the beauty of the relationship. You know, Sandy can only be around when she's there. You may only see Sandy at church. She has a phone. You might be able to get a hold of her somewhere along the way. But let me tell you what, she can only be around every now and then. And Jesus even tried to tell the disciples that, look, I can only be with you guys like right here, right now. When I'm gone, what's going to happen to you? It's better that I go. Why? So I can be a friend to you all the time. And then all of a sudden, the eyes begin to open up. You know, when you talk to those boys, they don't have to be alone in the prison. They don't have to be alone in jail. Why? Jesus with them. It isn't Mr. Mike. It's Jesus. That's who they find. That's who they know. Even to the point where you say, hey, hey, fellas, look, this isn't isn't Mr. Mike. I'm here for you. But let me tell you, man, you're going to need something more than Mr. Mike. You're going to need Jesus. You're going to have to have a friendship with somebody different than Mr. Mike. Mike goes up to the prison all the time. Goes up to the, to Logansport Juvenile, Juvenile Facility and prisons all over. Saved uh, We've got, through his, their ministries, almost 900 people got saved this last, since he started that. You know, kids getting saved behind bars. Praise God. That's good stuff, man. Introducing people to Jesus. The friend that won't leave them. Right, The friend that won't forsake them, the friend that's not going to turn away. And you may be saying today, yeah, 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 I know all that. Well, there's a part to this that we come and we'll talk about it next week too as we go. There's a part to this that says, now we got to be that friend in this earth. To people. Because here's the deal. You become who you associate with. And so if you're associating with Jesus, who are you going to be like? Jesus, who died and gave his heart for his Friends Gave his life. It says, no love have you that's greater than this, that you lay down your life for your friends. So now I pump you up and I get you excited. The next week I tell you, you got to die for your friends. <laughs> but that's all right. That's what Jesus did. We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org. Or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life, or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.